Welcome to the Hennessy Podcast. My name is Alex, the self-proclaimed host, along with Nathan, Nathan Malinick, the other self-proclaimed host. <laughs> and of course, today, special guest, the one and only yeah. John Hennessy. Self-proclaimed something, I'm not quite sure what. Self-proclaimed anyway. uh, race car driver, right? Yeah, wannabe race car driver. Did a lot of racing with no training. <laughs> well, that's it's pretty true. self-proclaimed. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have an action-packed episode today. This is our second week back from the Ghostcast hiatus, so it's good to have everybody back. Again, if you have any questions, please make sure to email podcastquestions at hennessyperformance.com. Once again, podcastquestions at hennessyperformance.com. We're looking forward to fielding some of those questions and getting some of the unique questions you guys have out in the open. Uh, but today, we can go ahead and jump right into the action-packed agenda that we have. Let's do it. So, John, let's just get started. What are what are some of the current Hennessy things that we've got going on here? Well, we got a lot going on here. We we try to pace ourselves and not spill all the beans at once. But you know, anytime we put anything on social media, what's the first? What are the first couple three questions we get? Doesn't matter. What we could put out a picture of a Model T, and what's the question? What's the first question? Where's the F five? When's the F five going five hundred miles an hour? <laughs> all right, but we do have an important F five update, and by the time this is published. This news will be out, but we did our first runway test almost three weeks ago. It went really, really well. Uh, we've done quite a bit of testing here at our quarter-mile drag ship. So we have about 3,000 feet to operate with out here next to our facility near Sealy, Texas. And so we've been running in the 150s there, which, again, the power right now, we're only running about seven pounds of boost. So we haven't even chassis dyno tested the car. So we're guessing it's maybe making... 800 horsepower to the wheel, something like that. So anyway, we're not trying to go fast. We're just working on calibration of the transmission and engine and just overall functionality of the car, braking, steering, handling, things of that nature. So we decided it was time to go to our first runway test because, again, we're only we, – with the distance we have here and the power level that we're running right now, we're running in the 150. So um, the F5 is now has now officially run over 200 miles an hour. Now, we weren't trying to run – uh, any kind of speeds there. Uh, we were actually doing what the engineers refer to as uh, drag coast down testing. So our chief engineer, John Heinrock at Heinrichsee, um, who I would regard as kind of the, like, he's like the Valentino Balboni of yeah. GM products. Anyway, um, very, very accomplished race car driver and automotive engineer. And we've been working together now for, oh gosh, a little over 10 years. Um, they took the F5 out. To, we took the F5 out to the runway they would bring it up to about 170, and then they would pop it neutral and just let it coast down to around 100. And by having this pitot tube on the nose of the car and all kinds of other telemetry on the vehicle, they can measure the actual real-world drag uh, of the car as well as a lot of other important uh, information such as downforce on each corner. So anyway, so the car is officially over 200. We weren't trying to run any particular number, but we can kind of check that box. Before you break 300, you got to break 200. And before you break 200, you got to break 100. And so anyway, so we're gradu gradually um, progressing and advancing the and testing the car. Um, and it went really well. And so we're, we're very excited about it. You know, again, uh, everybody on the internet and social media will say, when's it breaking the record? When's it running the record? And I guess our general answer is when we're ready to. And uh, But so far, the F5 is progressing along very nicely. We have two other uh, customer vehicles in production that will um, be assembled probably this summer. And we have, this year we're 
working on building and delivering five or six cars and next year about a dozen cars so um, but the first car is it's a customer's car but right now it is also kind of the quasi development mule and so by the time the cars two and three come along we want to be able to make sure that you know all the calibrations from the engine transmission abs all those things are updated into those cars so that's there's a lot of other F5 stuff that we could talk about, but I think that's that's a pretty big, you know, again, when that news goes out or, you know, by the time you listen to this, that news will probably already be out there along with the video and some photos. And uh, it was pretty cool uh, just to stand on the side of the runway and hear that car and watch that car go by. Yeah. You know, for something that we've been working on for. Yeah. What was that like years. emotionally for you considering that's, you know, your brainchild right there? Well, I didn't cry. Almost, right? Um, Maybe. But, you know, it just, it, it just if you kind of look at this, it's kind of like our, I mean, we have we have five kids plus one. You know, so we have six kids. And, uh, you know, I look at something like the, at this significance, it's like, it's like one of our kids. So it's like, okay, the first time your baby rolls over, the first time your baby stands up, and mm-hmm. then when your toddler is walking and then running. And so w- where does the F5 fit in all that you know like where we when your child you know, rides their bike for the first time with their, their training wheels so you know i would say we're we're kind of we're kind of in that range and we feel good at this point about you know and to answer the question for the gajillionth time it's our intention to have the car out running fast and we would define fast as something north of 280 in the 280 to 310 range you know by the end of the year so what is that october november december i'm not quite sure but um again we're not doing these things to you know for marketing glory and to sell vehicles uh, the vehicles all the f5s will be sold out probably by the end of the summer um maybe sooner um but it's important for us to make sure that the the vehicle is um top-notch quality and in, in engineering and um perfection in every way that we can for the handful of clients that we have that 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 have believe in us and have made a significant investment in this car and we say to them on a regular basis you're not just buying a car you're we believe that you're potentially buying a piece of history so it's just important for us to make sure that the car is the decathlete that we've designed it to be and so we're just kind of checking boxes along the way and at some point we'll be doing some testing at our, our home track, which is Circuit of the Americas, just 100 miles up the road in Austin. Uh, we may do some testing at Laguna Seca this summer. So, you know, runway, straight line acceleration, braking, handling performance, and just overall drivability. So, any, any, anyway, at some point, if the car, you know, runs a big number, if it breaks 300 miles an hour or something faster than that, then that'll be wonderful. But um, it's how we learn and, and, and make a great car. What have some of the challenges been for you and the F5 team in terms of the car's done, you know, with everything around it, but getting that, you know, final 5% or 10% of just how it drives and the the tuning, the transmission, the engine, what are some of the challenges that have been faced? Well, Nathan, as you know, I mean, this is an all new car. Yeah. This isn't based on anything. It has over 3,000 new parts. It's own chassis. I mean, you know, so we just internally we have to kind of remind ourselves like you know you just don't birth something like this and expect to go out and yeah. and be the fastest car next week you know type of thing even though i think we'd like to like to see things uh see it going out and running really fast numbers but again 
the you know we have a whole team of engineers and lots of uh, lots of data that we're collecting and the whole goal is to advance the car and to reach its goals and its potential in a very methodical safe you know process driven type of way with lots of data and and so that's what we're doing and so our our you know Heinrocket and our our team of engineers are you know they're on the other side of the building right now they were just out you know they've gone they've taken it down the track two or three times a day and you know again dialing in the brakes dialing in the suspension dialing in the handling and you know the cool thing is is like when we did the the Venom F5 we had a pretty cool basis of information and we're able to eventually get that car to break 270 which is a pretty big deal for on the GT on the Venom GT yeah, yeah. and so kind of having seen that process and I would say in the Venom GT because we didn't really have the budget or we didn't have a dedicated company-owned car until four or five years into the program. Gosh, it just seems like it took a long time for that to happen. Whereas I think in the F5, gosh, I mean, I think we'll be, again, we'll be in a position to deliver cars to customers in the next four or five months. So it's, you know, will we have broken 300 miles an hour by then? Probably not. Um, but again, our, our customers understand that they're, you know, it's a work in progress, but you know, I'm very happy. I think the team's very happy with how things are going, but again, what are the challenges, uh, again, right now? I mean, where can you test these cars? You know, mm -hmm. so we went to a runway in Arkansas that's 11,000 feet long and, you know, that's certainly not enough room to go out and go 300 miles an hour. If we get some point we go to the NASA runway down in Florida. 300 is possible down there, but it's only we only have two a little over two miles to accelerate. So where are we going to go run a big number like that? You know, maybe it's a Texas highway, maybe it's out in Nevada where the Kona State guys and the SSC guys ran uh, in the past. So um, right now, I think you know the biggest one of the biggest things we look at is just the global supply chain is a little helter skelter. Yeah. You know, not just for and not really so much for the F5, but more for our kind of our our bread and butter you know, day-to-day -day car and truck modification business. But I think I think that'll sort itself out yeah. over time. But in the meantime, we've got what we've got. We got our first Hellcat-powered Durango. Yeah, pretty sweet. It's, I haven't driven it, but you have. What it, do you think? Yeah, and honestly, it drives not that much bigger than a Trackhawk. It kind of, yeah. it feels nimble for kind of the size that it is and the fact that it has third-row seating. It has the Hellcat engine and... Honest. What did you rate? You raced launches like you raced the GT500 the other day. Yeah, we raced a stock GT500 versus the stock Durango Hellcat uh, from a dig on our unprepped surface, and the Durango was really impressive. It was pulling four seconds zero to sixties on the built-in performance screen, and the GT500 wasn't catching up till what was it, producer Sam? Like one, one ten, one twenty, one thirty, something like that. It was right at the end of the quarter mile. Yeah, 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 end of the quarter, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, two-door sports car, of course, rear-wheel drive versus all-wheel drive, but still, you're talking about a third-row family SUV. Well, Nathan, I, that's you, crazy. You remember crazy. the the CTSV wagon? Yeah. You know, so those those things were awesome because that extra weight over the back tires oh, yeah, would allow them to hook up. But yeah. I'm wondering if maybe the Durango has a similar advantage. It weighs more, but the weight's in the right place, and it helps it transfer that weight when you launch. So. Could yeah, be. and they, they did that crazy video with a Urus, yeah. a Trackhawk, and a Durango. And somehow, I can't explain why, but the Durango wins. How does that yeah. work? Yeah, have you seen that? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah it was pretty was impressive. That was really impressive. Yeah. So weird. Yeah, yeah. those poor Lamborghini owners. Yeah. yeah. Going to the dealer. I think uh, there's something wrong with my, my fifty Urus. grand. Yeah. That's yeah. a great, and look, the Urus, the Urus is, a, is, is awesome. It's a great yeah. vehicle. Yeah, yeah, but the Durango for, what's the Durango, 80 grand? 
yeah, the, the Maybe sticker 90. on the one we have is a hundred. It's like ninety-eight, yeah. but yeah, the the MSRP base is like eighty. So it's a pretty pretty wicked bang for the buck. And then you spend some money with us and get a warranty package. Speaking of speaking of the Durango, so that one's getting our one thousand horsepower package. But Nathan, what would you what would you think? Yeah, we have we happen to have a spare elephant motor in the parts department. Mm-hmm. What would you think about taking that elephant motor and so I've got a I've got a Durango coming in for myself. Um, what would you think about just doing like a elephant swap and then modifying that? I think you definitely should do that for yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we should. And how much would that put out? Well, I mean, elephant's going to be a minimum of a, of a thousand horsepower at the motor. I'm not sure what it would make to the tires, mm-hmm. but um, but then we could modify that too. Yeah, that easy. Could, that could be the ultimate sleeper. Yeah. Totally debadge it. Yeah. Just well, make it look like a rental 1200 car. 1200 horsepower rental car. Yeah. Right. With yeah. third row seating. That's, you know, that's really why cool. I like my vehicles silver because they don't show dirt uh-huh. yeah. and they don't they don't really like stand out in traffic. So yeah. a little bit of a stealth bomber. Yeah. So we'll see. I love that idea. Yeah. It'd be really cool. Speaking of hell, Hellcats and Elephants, Alex, what's going on with the T-Rex? Got a lot of awesome stuff with the T-Rex. It's the absolute king of trucks. We talked a little bit about it last week comparing now, it. Hold on a second. Now, we know that some of our friends for Ford, from Ford are, might be listening to this. Really, Is the T-Rex really the king of trucks? Yes. Okay. I, I you know. I mean, look, let's, let's just lay out the facts. We talked a little bit about it last week with TRX versus Raptor. We love the Raptor. We love all trucks. You know, we're, we have friends in uh, all the major OEMs, so we're not... Uh, yeah you know completely biased to anybody we love everybody we're car people at heart but if you look at the facts the raptor is awesome it performs awesome has fox shocks all, all sorts of amazing things it just as i'm an, doesn't have a v8 it doesn't but it have has a twin car. turbo v6 That's and it. when it was when it was the only option for a turnkey factory baja style truck it was the king of trucks yeah we sold tons of raptors right the raptors everywhere you could find it everywhere but now that there's an option with a supercharged V8 with 707 horsepower, exactly? 702 yeah. from the factory, who's going to, I mean, uh, from my perspective, unless you're a hardcore Ford guy, which some guys are, why mm-hmm. are you going to pick the Raptor? Until the Raptor R? R? Yeah, until the Raptor R. Yeah, so, that's the real comparison. Well, yeah. Let me ask you a question. Nathan, would will we, will we have gotten the Raptor R had you know the people at Ram not built the T-Rex with the Hellcat engine? Hmm. That's tough. I I kind of doubt it, um, but or maybe we would have got it, but maybe Ford would have taken their sweet time. <laughs> and now they're kind of fo- the, the 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 Ram Dodge FCA Hel- uh, Stellantis, whatever they call themselves. Yeah, they kind of forced their hand to some degree. Yeah, I don't know. You know, these things are planned so far in advance. Yeah, but I, yeah, it it they, it definitely could have been a reactionary product. For sure. Yeah. But I and I, I think either way it was, if it was planned or if it was a, a reaction, they needed that product now with the the TRX. Yeah. Because absolutely yeah, need it. And, and do you guys think that maybe we're seeing like I won't call it a Concord moment, but we're seeing all these awesome products because at some point ten years from now then we won't be able to buy these vehicles. The the manufacturers and the government are gonna foist electrified trucks on us and I electrified think that's, everything. It's definitely a a fear or an expectation yeah. that, that of, is of there. re-entering the seventies. Man, I hope not because I mean, I think about that a fair amount. I think, okay, look, I'm a fan of electrified vehicles. I'll mm-hmm. probably end up owning a Tesla plaid or plaid plus at some point just the Hummer. so I can just make myself pass out or the new Hummer. The Hummer's badass. Um, but I think, 
I, my real hope is is that electrified vehicles are, you know, we have a choice in the marketplace. Yeah. But as soon as the government and the and the fact and the manufacturers get together and say, well, this is what we're going to do and this is what we're not going to offer, that's going to suck for everybody. Yeah. You know, whether that's in five years, ten years, in twenty thirty five, well, you know, they're outlawed and banned and blah blah blah. Yeah. Like this is is, is twenty. This twenty five years from now, is America going to look like the roads, the cars on the road going to look like Cuba? You know, you go down to Cuba, you go down to Havana, and they've got still like nineteen fifties yeah. cars, and they've just been bailing those <laughs> things together because of all yeah. the you know uh, import export blockades and stuff. But anyway, I, hope I don't, I don't think so. I don't okay. think so at all. I think if you look back, and we have such uh, such short memory spans now, but even you know three, four, five years ago, there was all this talk of. Everything's going to be autonomous in oh my gosh in, by 2022. Yeah, right. Well, it's knocking on the door of 22. Right. Well, I mean, I'm just I'm, so, I'm just kind of a more of a, a a market economy guy. Yeah. And like free trade and you know no knock against the the GM folks, but when they made the Volt and when they made the Bolt, like I know a couple of people that own Volts, they love those things. They're fast. They got extended range. Friend of, friend of mine's an airline pilot. He drives that back and forth to the airport all the time. He loves it, but nobody bought those cars. Right. I saw, I saw a, I think it was a hybrid Tahoe or hybrid Escalade that's like mm-hmm. 10 years old, like somewhere like nobody bought those things. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I think the new Hummer's badass, but I'm like G- GM and other manufacturers, I think they know they better have their A game because I think Tesla has built such an iconic brand you know they they are definitely the category king. So these you know so I think Ford knew when they made the Mach E. I haven't driven it yet, but I hear good things about it. That you know maybe it makes everything maybe it makes the product better. But I just hope they don't think, well, this is all we're going to offer. I don't think so, especially because when you look at brands like even within v, the VW group, Porsche coming out with you know a whole division and major funding behind synthetic fuels, and then you yeah. look at a brand like Toyota, and they're still pushing. Um, a hydrogen. hydrogen, yeah, and so yeah, I think just within the free marketplace of ideas and there being competition, uh, it's it's going to be tough to mandate. Well, it has to be this way. I I don't think that that the solution. I mean, the governments. I don't there. think there's e- the, the, is there even any agreements in terms of like, you know, uniformity of of chargers and plugs. You've got eight hundred volt. Uh, yeah, you have different. No. You have all these different uh, platforms, not, yeah. and so it's like kind of like the wild west. It is. It'd be like okay, back in. You know, 1890, uh, we're putting on electricity. Well, do you want AC or do you want DC? You want this kind of plug or that? I mean, it's kind of like in America, you can go everywhere and you have the same plug. You go to Europe, you got a different plug. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's going to be a little helter-skelter with some of that stuff for a while. So. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're plugging in at home and driving around and coming back and plugging in at home at night like you do with your cell phone, no big deal. But you want to go somewhere and you're dependent we, on their charging systems. We have a trip planned to LA and I rented a Tesla Model 3 Performance on Turo. And in the instructions, it reminds you to make sure to bring the uh, adapter cable in the trunk. Nice. Like, don't lose it anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to have the adapter, right? The little yeah. dongle. I, 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 yeah. yeah. That's a tough one, man. As soon as you start, you know, putting requirements upon yeah. your, your unplanned travel, yeah. it kind of restricts the deal. So yep. moving we'll on, what about the, um, we hear, we hear that the Broncos are coming. That's exciting. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. well, there would been delays because of COVID and, you know, just as far as kind of the plans that we have at Hennessy Performance for the Bronco, I'm thinking kind of like the the 22 or the 21 Raptor. We're like, we're not going to see it till like July, August, September. But we're 
we're hearing that we're going to see our first Bronco maybe next month, month of May. So mm-hmm. very excited about that. I've yeah. um, seen some videos. I was watching, you know, Vaughn Gittin's got an RTR Bronco, I guess, because they're working cool. with Ford. And they were up in Moab. And that, that thing was going up some pretty gnarly stuff. What do you guys think about the Bronco? I love it. I mean, from a design standpoint, I think it's an absolute home run. I Me think too. it's 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 a I think it's fair to say that that's a timeless design. Really? Yeah. It's just so simple, so refined and it, simple is actually one of the hardest things to achieve. And Well, it looks like Bron- I mean, it looks like Ford, you know, and we know a lot of people at Ford just with COVID just don't get too many opportunities to have very long conversations with them, but um I've been reading like Ford is, they're actually kind of carving out Bronco as kind of a sub brand. So you have Ford, Lincoln, and Bronco. Really? Yeah. So it has it, its own Instagram that got verified. And they it? and they have uh, they've I read uh, maybe in automotive news that they've authorized maybe a hundred dealer groups to have like their own dedicated. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, showrooms. Yeah. And, and so obviously Ford has more plans besides the little Bronco Sport. And the two door and the four door. Yeah, so they're going to make. They're, they're going to sell these by the boatload. I mean, if it, the yeah. Wrangler has been the king and the only competition for forever, but I mean, well, but okay, but then here's an argument about making it its own brand. Wrangler isn't a brand, you know, right? But it's under, but it's under well, Jeep. Jeep. Yeah, Jeep but, so imagine yeah. Broncos their Jeep and like the Sasquatch is their Wrangler. I would just be yeah. There, there's <laughs> been many companies who've tried to make their own brand out of yeah. a certain little yeah. one you know car and it's not yeah. really worked i don't feel yeah. like they have to do that but if they do okay yeah i guess there's more well, we have big plans it. for the bronco so we're looking forward to getting the first one in here and yeah doing our special magic and i think there's a lot of pent-up demand uh i think is you know i'm not sure about other parts of the country but i've spent a little bit of time in florida recently um and also you know just around texas i mean would you guys say like traffic is back to like pre-pandemic totally. traffic Definitely. levels? It's totally normal. So I think there's just a lot of people that last year didn't travel. They laid low. If they spent money, they might have spent money on their house. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and now people are out and about. And as we see with our business, so just our new orders just keep going strong. And I think Bronco is going to be a huge, huge part of that, especially at the price point. If you're, mm-hmm. you know, you could buy a Bronco depending on the spec for between forty and. 65 grand and you know that le- definitely leaves room for what is, what's our average you know, raptor customer spent twenty seven thirty thousand dollars something something like yeah. that so I, I foresee a similar pattern in the bronco people wanting to personalize and again i'm sure you can get sidesteps and lift kits from you know wherever for that stuff but people will come to us for performance so we're excited about that so as well as doing our you know doing the we feel pretty strongly about our V8 conversion for those, and I think yeah. there'll be a, a lot of people that will want that. It'll be expensive, but be very, very unique, very mm-hmm. special, and something you know, you'd look cool in cruising around Aspen, whether you're whether oh, you go yeah. up the mountain or not, or just driving through town. Yeah. The yeah. the side note that I heard this morning from uh, Jason Haynes, who's our director of R and D, is that the Bronco has the EcoBoost computer, which oh, is yeah. really good for us in terms of tuning. Absolutely, yeah, very straightforward to tune, very reliable, really, yeah. really good platform. And should be coming unlocked or unlockable straight off the line is what we hope. Yeah. Sam, how are we doing on time? Oh, man, we're just we're just breezing by here. Well, you guys, well, oh, so before we t- we're talking about manuals, we're gonna have a deep dive into manuals and where the state of, the state of status of the manual. But uh, a cool video that came out on YouTube this morning. 
Um, a guy that I've gotten to really know and like, uh, Brooks from Drag Times, uh, does a really nice job where he, he does like what we do, but he'll go to the drag strip and they'll run numbers and, and uh, he always finds a way to take interesting vehicles and compare them and, and shares his, you know, answers a lot of questions that car guys want to know, like which car is faster. Yeah. So we, we did a deal with Brooks. Uh, there's a, a, a another guy that we know here locally, good guy, uh, Sanjay, doctor, big car collector, um, took delivery of his Ferrari SF90 maybe a couple months ago. And right before we had that crazy-ass storm back in February where all the pipes froze, Yeah. Um, we came out here on a Sunday, unprepped track. It was like 30 degrees. And so we we raced the uh, 765 against his SF90, SF90 being on-wheel drive and the uh, 765 McLaren obviously being rear-wheel drive. And so Brooks drove my car, uh, Sanjay drove his car, and uh, you know I think the outcome was you know the 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 Ferrari would get out ahead of it, and the S or the the 765 would kind of catch it and maybe pull a little bit past it right at the end of the quarter mile so we had we had a rematch at tx2k which is over at the at the uh, pencil racetrack in baytown the quarter mile drag strip where they have the big nhr event anyway so tx2k was last month and so i brought my 765 over there for the rematch um and we had one run so the video came out i won't bore you guys with all the details you can watch the video but the uh i thought i was doing burnout mode correctly on the mclaren i didn't I didn't punch the buttons right, and I'm 58, so I have to wear reading glasses to like, you know, read crap on the dash. So I'm like, I'm not gonna put my reading glasses on when I'm at the starting line. I didn't, I didn't push the button right, so I, I backed up into the water box, got the tires wet, tried to do a burnout, no tire spin. I'm like, oh shit! And then when I beat him on the tree, he runs down the track, and uh, and I spun, so he ran like a nine five, I ran like a ten four, so. Everybody's going to see that and say, oh, the Ferrari is faster than the McLaren. So that's okay. Anyway. I'm surprised you, of all people, need a, a burnout button. Well, look, I mean, physics is physics. The, the, you know, rear-wheel drive car like that and, and, and on a prep track, can, you know, Brooks has run a 9, what does he run, a 940, a 9.4 a nine on the stock tire. I'm on stock tire, stock everything. Um, but you got to put heat in those tires. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you don't get those tires sticky, and maybe it might I might have hooked if I hadn't have backed into the water box. But when you put those tires in the water, and then you cannot can't you can't spin them enough to burn that moisture off. I was just kind of screwed from the get go. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sure it people, was rigged. People will see that video. And, <laughs> you know, rigged. but it's but it was uh, he's a good guy, and uh, I, I I totally treat his ass. But but it didn't matter because I'm spinning and he's hauling ass. You know, all wheel drive. You know, all wheel drive on the street generally does beat you know rear wheel drive until. Until you get traction, and I, you know, I tell you what we need to go do is we need to get, we need to do a rematch. We need to go get out on a runway with with Sanjay or Brooks, and we need to run more than a quarter mile because that seven six five is is it gets late. Is just that thing just freaking goes, and I think I think that, you know, if we had a half a mile, I I bet you the seven six five would put four to six car lengths on an SF wow. ninety and a half. That car does the one eighty like so easily. Oh yeah. What about the Turbo S? Versus the SF90, um, it well, runs. It runs out of steam. The yeah. launch is crazy. It just runs out at like one. Yeah, the 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 Turbo S is look. The Turbo S is two hundred twenty grand, and the SF90 is six hundred or seven hundred grand. So it's a third the money. Um, Turbo S is going to run a ten o, a ten one in the quarter mile. Mm. So the SF90 is going to beat it by half a second and be, man, it's going to be twelve miles an hour faster in the quarter mile. 
but just you spend more money generally and you get a faster car and that, yeah. in the case of the SF90 that's exactly that's what true. you get yeah so what's cool. up, what's next manuals yeah we uh we're kind of brainstorming what's what's something that we're really passionate about that's controversial I don't own a manual and I'm trying to think of the last time I owned a manual yeah I think it was my uh I called it my wife called it the Jiggle wagon my little Focus RS I oh, love, yeah. love that car I'd love to get another one. <laughs> Honestly, if if you guys could understand the fact that John Hennessy has owned a million amazing cars, and one of his favorites is the Focus RS, still that's to pretty this day. awesome, yeah, dude. So if you go back, like back to the old days, the, the the twin turbo Vipers and Stroker motor Vipers, you know, it was like a real badge of of driver driver skill to be able to to drive whether it's on the drag strip or the street to be able to like you know, do a no lift shift. Now at some point GM came up with that, came out with that feature on the CTSV and I think maybe the zero one, but I just have like this phobia. Like I just like have this thing about when I push the clutch in and I go change gears, I have to back off the gas pedal. And I just thought, man, I, I have to like mentally be able to break that. So when I would go to England to work on Venom GT stuff 10 years ago, I would rent a little Ford rental car that was a like a manual, like a, with a you know one liter whatever two cylinder engine, <laughs> and I would force myself. I would go everywhere no lift shift. Every uh, uh, well, every, so first and second I would I would lift, but but every would other you just paying the limiter like in no, between. No, so shift? there's a trick to it. You don't get you don't bring it all the way up to the limiter. You need to be probably a five hundred to a thousand RPM below the limiter because when you do. When you leave your foot on the gas and you you push the clutch in and pull the gear real quickly, it will want to over rev a tiny bit. Yeah. And so I started doing that when I would do these rental car deals. It's just muscle memory. It's just mm-hmm. like I'm like I have to overcome this weird phobia that just it didn't bother anybody else in the world except me. You know, I'm thinking, man, like my our buddy that my buddy that passed away, John Kiewitz, man, he could drive like anything, especially this high horsepower Vipers. And just put his foot flat to the floor, pull the gear, and push the clutch in real quick. I'm like, I can't do that. Anyway, so it's just so I say that weird little side note story to say that I carried it. So when I got my Focus RS, I'd say about half the time when I shifted that thing, I no lift shifted. I just flat footed it. And anyway, just to just to make sure that I had that proper muscle memory. Yeah. If I ever got in another high powered manual, I needed to go fast. But I don't know. I've just kind of lost my way and. I haven't owned a manual car in a while. I drive them every now and then, but not often. But and honestly, the main question is, what what manual car would you even own? Because what cars well, can you buy list. right now? No, but what cars can you buy right now that are brand new with a manual? There's a pretty short list. Yeah, not many. It's getting shorter. It was really cool to see the guys at Cadillac come out with the... Awesome. That the, was The really coolest cool. thing ever. Yeah. 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 That was a nice head fake when, you know people like me are complaining about why are you guys just going all electrified which i get it they got to run their business the way they they feel they need to but it was nice to say hey we haven't we haven't forgotten about the car guys you know yeah and hopefully they're rewarded for it oh those cars will all be those cars are all collectible i'm sure yeah not how many they're going to build but you know what's what is the future of the manual but some of the cars you can buy right now with a manual still that i honestly tip my hat to mm-hmm. super cool you still got the miata classic you know Mini little sports car, pretty awesome that you can still get a manual. You got the new GT86 and the BRZ. You got the Mustang, of course, Camaro, Challenger. One of my favorites in this Speaking category. Speaking of the Challenger, uh, uh, when we were work, uh, you know, we've been working with Pinsel a long time, but 
they had a promotional. They had a hell. They had a Hellcat with a manual. Have you ever driven? But they're like terrible, a, dude. No, that was one of my favorite manuals to drive. Oh, they're a dogs. Hell, a Hellcat manual char- Challenger. Garbage. You don't like it? They're dogs. Come on, man. Compared that, to the auto, they're absolute dogs. Well, it's not about like being down the drag strip the fir- the fastest or first, but. I thought it was very, I thought it was really good. It was I like, think it, it it's, can like be fun. it's like a T it's like a T fifty six from the Viper. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think it can be fun to drive. It's just so much slower that it makes me upset. Well, yeah, when you lose, that sucks, you know. But um, like but just, just slower, experience. like like mod for mod. If you do the same mods in auto and a manual, the manual feels like an absolute slug dog. It's so weird. Huh. I think it's because the rear end gear. I'm sorry, I asked. <laughs> Tell me how I you like really that, I like that car. I like that car even even with stock horsepower. I thought it was pretty good, but right. I like how the shifter feels. Yeah. Like I like driving it. Was it was old school. Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't I don't know. There's something off about it. It doesn't hit as hard. Now on your list you have ass advantage. Yeah, you the can v, buy you can right buy now manual a 2021 yeah. V8. That's the AMR version, but yeah. yeah. You can buy the V8, V8 or V12. V8. Yeah, so can you get the V12 with the manual? There's currently not a V12 Vantage. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, so you can get no V12 with a okay. manual. But what's interesting about that car is it's essentially the AMG GT engine. Which is a great motor. It was, yeah, but... In res- a manual. Yeah, That's manual. awesome. Yeah. I love that. It's a cool car. So cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lotus, they've got their Evora. You can get that in a manual. and <laughs> Next. Yeah. Uh, 911s, you get the base 911 Carrera. GT3, baby. You get a GT3. Pretty sweet. Love that. I'm so glad they're sticking with their manual. Boxster came in. Really fun cars with manual. But, the- like, what do you guys think about, like, you've got on the list here, you know, like, the, the Gordon Murray T50, the... There's rumors that that the car that Pagani's working on that will succeed and come after the Wyra maybe a manual that that that's pretty cool. I think it's very cool. Yeah, I mean it's I I think um, well I, I've I've believed and I'm still holding out hope that Ferrari will come out with a bring back their gated manual one day i i just think that there's there's a little shift just like we see a shift in EV yeah. I think there's a shift also for these just kind of pure retro yeah well, analog but, but kind of like what's old is now new again so was the venom gt ahead of its time to come out with 1200 horsepower manual Ooh. back in I, 2012 i think or that that's a like. that's a, a whole discussion yeah, on its own that's the best manual I would, car of i would all say time. yes i think it was ahead of its time yeah i think that's one of the most underrated cars of all time uh, that underrated may be, that underappreciated may be, I mean, and 50 100 years from now when i'm dead and gone that may, I mean, you know, F5s will all be a little piece of history in their own way. But, you know, we only built a dozen of those things, the, of the Venom GT, so they're all manuals. So. And the roof comes off? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a tangent now, but just to now being able to experience it myself and see all the engineering that went into it, that it, is such an amazing car. Every Everything except for, I guess, like the interior is you know it's fully bespoke. I I, th- I think sometimes it's a misunderstood car. Yeah, it's okay. Um, yeah. which is okay, but yeah. it's just it's our man, little secret. It is a secret. It's super know? misunderstood. They don't I, they I don't ever change the, of the of the dozen that we built. You know, from 2010 to 2016, there are only there are only two that have changed hands. There's a red one that was in Bulgaria of all places. I think somebody in Germany has it. There was yeah. a white one we built for a guy, and he he. I think it scared him, and he sold it to some guy. But they don't change hands, so yeah. 
pretty cool. The manual, I just, when we built it, I'm like, that's the only thing that'll hold that much power. And, <laughs> you know, I didn't have the budget for dual clutch or anything, yeah. paddle shift. I'm like, okay, well, let's just do the, we used the Ricardo gearbox out of the uh, Ford GT, which we knew could handle, you know. I wish more people could understand that car. I remember bef- before you, before Nathan had ridden in that car, I would try to tell him like, no, dude, this the Venom GT is the best. Like, forget about. I the mean, Carrera you gotta be, you gotta be a cor- contortionist to it. get in and out of it, so it's hard to get in. There's and out so of. many like quirks about it that are like, okay, that's kind of weird. But when you get in it and drive in it or ride in it with the roof off, you forget about absolutely there, yes, everything uh, that matters. Right, mm-hmm. right. The only thing that matters is right there in that moment that you are on a ride of your life. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, wish people could understand it, it. it. What it did as soon as I got in the car, it brought me back to driving in, you know, as a kid in my dad's Alfa Romeo spiders and stuff. Just yeah. the smells, the noise, the way it felt, and then when you punched it, there's insane I, nothing like it. Yeah. And, and fortunately, you know, working here, I've been in a few fast cars by now. Um, still, nothing like that. Yeah incredible yeah. car so yeah so i think that cars like the t50 if this is true about the next pagani i mean man that's going to be a valuable very yeah. valuable car um analog baby yeah i think i think there's retro. there's a desire um for a, an, an authentic as you said kind of analog experience to me it kind of reminds me of the whole like a uh, vinyl revival type thing. People yeah. just are looking for something, or like you know, watches yeah. coming yeah. back around in terms yeah. of popularity. So the vinyl thing's actually a good good reference. I never thought about that, but I mean, yeah, vinyl yeah. got popular again for no reason, mm-hmm. just because people want to want to go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's it's interesting to talk about though because is there something that has been lost with all the DCTs and how refined they are and to now no doubt. Y- you Absolutely. don't even realize the car is shifting at a right. certain point, you know, like, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, totally. Absolutely. Something has been lost. A major piece of driving cars has been lost. I think there are awesome, amazing, ridiculously fast cars that perform crazy well and do all these numbers and statistics. But at the end of the day, like they still don't have that, driver factor that yeah. like con- completely kinda, controlled by the driver kind of makes me want to get like a gt3 manual yeah absolutely yeah. yeah yeah i i was um watching a, a review of um there's a company in in the uk called gto engineering yeah and they'll make these um 250 short wheelbase not replicas but they like take all these original parts and chassis and engine yeah. and and make a new body and mm-hmm. they'll make a you know a g a g a 250 uh, short wheelbase and um one of these guys i like watching was re- reviewing it and he, he almost started crying he got him he was, was like henry, henry catchpole no it was seen through glass okay um so one of the british um car youtubers yeah and and so he was he's reviewing this car and i was like so into it because i i totally get that and i grew up not with ferraris but right. with alfa romeos and whatever yeah and at the end of it i was telling you alex a mini comes up behind him and yeah. he can't shake him yeah, right. And he makes a comment like, you know, this whole time, this car has not been fast at all. Right. But just the emotions, the sound, yes. the noise, the smell, sh- being in control of the car, the gear change, it's so powerful. So what do you, you guys think that we'll ever see the, the is, uh, is somebody right now working on an electrified vehicle with a manual, like an OEM? Would that I be hope cool? So that would be super cool. That has some sort they, of. Uh, I had remember a com- the C7, like, uh, what's it called? The C7 oh, electric thing? Yeah. 
They had some uh, yeah. sort of manual in that thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Is well, it, you can I don't know how it works. Well, basically, if you have the powertrain up front more like the tra- traditional engine is, you can, you know, electric motors have so much torque, they don't need a transmission, but, but you can run it through a transmission. So the, there was a car that raced at Pikes Peak a few years ago with Reese Millen in it. It had just a bunch of electric motors going through a kind of a traditional gearbox and drivetrain, so it's doable. I'd be about that. I would, I would think that'd be I really I had a conversation cool. with a couple of senior, very senior product guys at Ford, and they were kind of quizzing me with a bunch of questions about my thoughts on electrification. I'm like, you know, do you guys have a real organic way where you can have engagement with the driver and have a real sound, not some sound that's piping through the sound system, but yeah. like a real sound through the motors or the gearbox or something like that that makes it part of like a real honest experience where you have some of that, a little bit of that, you know, noise, vibration, and even smell, you know, of a mm-hmm. traditional internal combustion. I Imagine don't know. a manual with a sequential, with like a dog box, like whining gear sequential. Just like, yeah, that sounds cool for about two minutes, but after a while, it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you hear some of these like Porsches like at, at Daytona and just the, the whine of the gearbox yeah. is three times louder so than the motor awesome, yeah. Yeah, yeah for a for short drive i suppose well that's like the the um what was it the, there was a maki um drift car that was yeah it was another oh, long yeah. project that yeah. they did with ford yeah 1400 horsepower it's cool yeah it, it, yeah there's a lot of different stuff out there for sure yeah what are we doing on time alex we're at 30 39 minutes we're getting getting close to the end what any other hot topics of the moment of in the car world what else? So we're going to Amelia Island. Yeah, let's talk about so, that. So uh, Venom F5, uh, again, by the time you, you're hearing this, you might have seen it. If you haven't, the Venom F5 will make its North American debut, its first public debut um, at the Amelia Island Concourse. Uh, I think it's the weekend of May 20th through 23rd, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, Amelia Island is a, a little area uh, along the ocean maybe an hour from Jacksonville. So if you want to see the F5 in person on Sunday, it's a concourse. That's a paid event, but they have a cars and coffee on Saturday, which is free. And I think it's going to be an absolute zoo. I think there's going to be a jillion people there. And we're looking forward to showing off our, our first yeah. F5 and uh, yeah, the first. So the last bit major automotive event before the pandemic shut everything down was Amelia Island in early, you know, first week of March last mm-hmm. year, Geneva was canceled kind of like right leading up to the show and there hasn't been any other you know there's a cars and coffee here and there right but yeah um, but this is definitely the first this is the first one. you know the big question is is pebble going to happen or not going to happen we'll we'll have to wait and see on that one but amelia is definitely happening we went and did a site visit and we're excited about showing the car off there so maybe we end with that little and, and this is news. your first time going there or bringing yeah i mean there. the funny thing is is for the last 10 years i've been going to geneva and it's always the same like mm-hmm. it's the kind of that same week and i'm like I'm just going to go home, mm-hmm. you know, from traveling and whatnot. So, and after going to a meal, I'm like, yeah, why haven't I been coming to this instead of going all the way over to Switzerland? Yeah. Um, but uh, we're very excited about it. Yeah. Looking forward to showing it off. So, if you're listening in and you want to see the Venom F5 in person, um, you can come see it at Amelia Island, the Amelia Island Concourse in Florida, put on by Bill, Bill Warner, great people and wonderful staff. And we're very excited about it. Don't miss your chance. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely... Well, the, the, we get that question a lot. Are you going to bring it to cars and coffee? I mean, look, these cars are, are privately owned. Um, when we're not testing them, they'll be in the hands of their owners. So 
I don't think there'll be a lot of opportunity. You're not going to just see an F5, no. you know, at Cars and Coffee on a regular basis, even here in Houston. Even if we have multiple here in our factory, it's just something special that we really only kind of want to show and share on special occasions, you know. Now, if some rich guy like the Triple F collection, if they want to take it to Whataburger or take it to 7-Eleven and go buy burritos. The car meat. <laughs> you know, that's what those guys do. Yeah. You know, if they want to spend the money and have one and show it off to everybody, that's that's great. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's something special about a car that you really don't get a lot of access to and the times that then you do see it, it, it becomes all the more impactful. Yeah. And um, I it's, appreciate that. Yeah, it's a, it's, it will remain a bit mysterious for a while. Yeah. Yeah, we like that. Yeah. So if you get a chance to see it in person, don't... Don't miss your yeah, opportunity. Don't don't pass it up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a lot of special little details. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, everybody. Well, that about wraps it up for today. We'll see you guys. What next is this time. podcast number eight? Not nine. Nine. Number nine. Number nine. Going strong. All right. So where are we going to be a week from today? You guys are going right to be right here. back here. Yeah. yeah. Talking about talking, talking car shit. Yeah. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> we need to get Joe Rogan on this show sometime. That would be legit. Yeah, he's, he's a car guy. He's a customer. Yeah, he's a friend. Yeah. yeah he's a busy yeah, guy. Yeah, I saw you. Okay. He's a busy guy. We really haven't talked much about that. But I, I when I met him, I'm like, dude, I don't want to be like, I'm not asking you for anything or don't, you know, we don't need any shout outs. Yeah. We just want to just be your friend. You're in Austin and, you know, we want to build cool car stuff for you if you if you want one of our videos. We built a Velociraptor for him. So that was when october of last year or something like that and i took a picture with me and him and this velociraptor but i'm like i'm not going to post it up and so maybe a month ago he was podcasting with the the uh, i forget the guy's name but he's on a, he's a regular he's like the, he used to be in the cia mike baker i think is his name cool guy and 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 we got a like a massive shout out from joe cool and i'm like hey dude that was really nice so i text him I'm like can we? Can I put that picture up? And he's yeah. like, "Yeah." So I think we're we're free to talk about that. Joe's our our friend and customer and nearby neighbor over in Austin. So he's I know that um, he he's a big Porsche guy too. I think he's got big some Porsche really cool nine elevens. Yeah, he's got he's got some neat cars. I yeah, think, I think he has most of his cars in Texas now. But he has he an has, e, he has an E thirty six M three, which is what's always really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's got cool. great great taste in cars. So yeah, so if you're listening, uh, uh, you know. We'd like to bring more interesting guests. We were going to bring Hein Rocket in here for a podcast today, but he, he's busy testing the F5, and I don't yeah. want to. A little wanna, more important. Yeah, I don't want to distract him from that, but we'll get him in here. And, you know, he's got probably an hour's worth of just stories of his storied career and the automotive world and racing and whatnot. And so, again, Rogan would be kind of like the, the ultimate guest. Yeah. You know? So, Joe, if you do happen to be listening, you're always welcome to pop in and we'll podcast anytime you want. So that's a wrap. All right. See you guys next time. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Yeah.